0: guys you're listening to sheer crime i'm amy and i'm kenzie and today we are bringing you yet another story from our home state this is the sixth episode in our series we like to call minnesodes kenzie will be sharing the case with us today and like you i haven't heard it so without further ado i'll hand it over to you well thank you i love our intro for our minnesota so excited about this (laughs)
1: This week, we are doing Minnesota number six, like you stated, on Haley Kiefer and Nicholas Brady. This was actually an episode of Dateline, so many of you may already know this case and or have heard of it, and I'm sure you have too, Amy. Oh, yeah. I want to source my information. I got it from Murderpedia.com, Viralnova.com, and Wikipedia.com. All right. Now, this story might spark a bit of a debate with some people out there, but stay with us until the end. This story starts on Thanksgiving Day of 2012 in Little Falls, Minnesota. Haley Kiefer and her cousin Nicholas Brady decided they are going to break into the home of Byron Smith, a 64-year-old retired man who had worked for the U.S. State Department. He was a loner. He had never been married before, so he lived in this house alone his whole entire life. Can I just say red flag right there? I
0: know. <laughs> that's weird.
1: It is weird. It is very weird. Okay. And I think that's why he is the way he is. 100%. We learn quite a bit more about Byron as we go on. He's definitely a strange fella. Okay. His brother would say he was a retired security engineering officer. So, they didn't really specify what he did for the U.S. State Department, but that's what his brother described his job as. Okay. Now, Byron had already been on alert with break-ins before Haley and Nicholas broke into his home because he had been burglarized at least half a dozen times over the few months leading up to this particular burglary. Um, It's called ADT. He got guns he started wearing a holster around his house with a gun on him at all times i mean he was terrified for his life because he'd been burglarized quite a few times previously so he
0: figured it'd happen again yeah and living alone
1: right right now he had gotten thousands of dollars stolen along with a family heirloom watch his father received as a prisoner of war He'd gotten awards stolen that he had received in the Air Force, firearms, and jewelry.
0: So they're not just like, you know, ripping off bullshit. I mean, they're taking some they high-priced items. And I think it's heirloom type of stuff that right. means
1: something more than the dollar it yeah, has on it. Right. it. It means something more to you personally, and that hurts people a lot more. Yeah. Money you can get back. Right? I mean, money's one thing, but when it's something that's a treasure to you, it's a little bit different. True. Now, this prompted him to start carrying a gun with him while he was home alone. Like I said, he bought a holster, started carrying his gun around. Byron decided to get a security camera installed as well for safety. Okay. And there was evidence that both Haley and her cousin Nicholas had committed a few of the previous break-ins he had received. Interesting. So, after he had put in the security cameras, he noticed these two breaking into his home multiple times before. So, he was already aware of kind of who he was looking for. Sure. On November 22nd of 2012, Thanksgiving Day, Byron decided to drive his vehicle down to the neighbors to hide it and make it look like he wasn't home. He was almost inviting these intruders to come into his home. He had a plan. Okay. Okay. Later that day, Byron's video surveillance captured both Haley and Nicholas trying to find a way into his home. They do end up finding a way inside by breaking a window. Byron had seen Haley driving while he was walking home after hiding his vehicle. Interesting. So I wonder how that went and how he snuck back into his house without her noticing. That part was a little fuzzy for me because they didn't talk about that. But he did notice her and must have noticed the way she looked from his video surveillance footage. Yeah. Again, he had already suspected her for the previous burglaries, so he wanted to rush home and wait for her. This was all premeditated in his mind. Huh. When he got home, he decided to start A recording device. And this is where we get a play-by-play on how this whole burglary slash murder went down. Okay. Crazy. He very much premeditated this entire encounter with these two intruders. He took light bulbs out of his ceiling lights and hid in the shadows in a chair in his basement. What the actual fuck? That is creepy as fuck to me. That's like a sniper. Especially when he knows how old these two are. Or can gauge how old they are.
0: Well, and it's not like they have gone in there and burglarized him at gunpoint. Like, he has no idea if they're violent or not, and I would assume they're probably not. It went a little far to me. A bit. Now, he hears a window break
1: upstairs, and that's when Nicholas entered Byron's home. And we actually see video footage of this so on the outside of his house his surveillance camera captured nicholas entering his home and his recording recorded it so you hear the glass break from his recording as he's getting inside ew it is bizarre it's literally a play-by-play it's creepy
0: where do you find that
1: you can go online you can google it it's It's crazy. You can see the the video surveillance, I think, was captured on Dateline. That's when I saw that. Oh, oh, yeah. But you can hear the recording all over the place. Oh. Now, Byron waited for over 12 minutes until Nicholas made his way to the basement where he was waiting for them. Byron shot Nicholas twice while on the stairs and once in the head after he fell to the bottom of the stairs. And you hear him as he's shooting him, fall,
0: tumble down the stairs.
1: Ew. Okay? This is horrific. I mean.
0: I feel like I have heard part of this. Like the recording.
1: Yes. And I'm sure you've either heard that or seen the Dateline episode. It was, it blew people's mind. And this was all over the place. No pun intended. Oh my gosh. No pun intended. Since Byron was still recording this whole ordeal, you can hear him taunting Nicholas's dead body. What? Oh my god. He was saying like you're dead. You're dead now. Like horrible, horrible things. He ended up wrapping him up in a tarp and drug him into a different room to then wait for Haley to come down the stairs.
0: Okay, how did Haley not hear that?
1: She wasn't in the house yet.
0: What the hell? Yep. No. So she
1: was not in the house yet.
0: No. Because that was my
1: same question is how did she not hear this whole ordeal? Because he was he shot Nicholas multiple times. She hadn't been in the house yet. Haley enters Byron's residence and she starts to descend downstairs and is also shot by Byron while on the stairs. Mind you, both Haley and Nicholas were unarmed when they went into his home. Right. They had no weapons. They had nothing that could have physically hurt him. Now, of course, he didn't know that at the time. But in the state of Minnesota, you can guard your home and get the threat under control, but you can't use excessive force. Sure. That makes sense. Now, when Haley fell down the stairs after getting shot, Byron's gun jammed as he tried to shoot her at close range. And you can hear her say on the recording, oh, my God. You can tell she's terrified at what's about to happen. Yeah. Byron then goes on to say, "You're dying," shoots her three more times, and ends with saying, "Bitch, it's horrible, you guys." I feel like I have heard that part. He shoots her in the eyeball at close range, you guys. It's it's horrible.
0: Forgive me if you said this already. Did you mention how old they are? Do we know how old they are?
1: They are 17 and 18 years old. Ugh. So high schoolers. Ew. And they clearly didn't think that something like this was going to happen. And you can hear the panic and terror in her voice when all this is going
0: on. Right. When she realizes oh my the God. severity.
1: And I think she was shot about four to five times. Ew. Horrible. No. Now, Byron then proceeded to drag her body and place it on top of her cousin Nicholas's body. We are able to hear him on his audio recording after the murder saying, I'm safe now. Cute. I'm sure she thought she was a real pro. I feel a little bit safer. I mean, it is so fucking deranged and... It sounds like he has a mental illness at this point.
0: Well, I mean, that would explain the living by himself in the middle of fucking nowhere. Little Falls, Minnesota, never being married. Creep. Creep factor.
1: It is weird. Again, he's talking to a recording.
0: Well, he's talking to himself. Yes. It's Ew. It's weird. I mean, I talk to myself, but <laughs> not that's <like> that. different. <laughs> that is definitely different. No, that's
1: different. Now, Byron waited until the next day to notify police of the murders. Oh, Because, sure. you know, quote, he didn't want to bother them on Thanksgiving. And I don't think he cared.
0: No, he in didn't. In all
1: honesty, he didn't give a shit if they knew about these murders. He didn't want to bother the police on Thanksgiving. Wasn't a big deal. Sheriff Michael Wetzel had acknowledged that Haley and Nicholas were there to burglarize Byron Smith. And in fact... Nicholas's car had been linked to a few others as well. So he wasn't acknowledging that they were these perfect teenage kids. That wasn't the case at all. He acknowledged up front that, yes, they were doing something illegal. Mm -hmm. And he did probably have the authority to eliminate the risk at the beginning. Or what he would assume was a risk for him, right?
0: Right. Like his interpretation of how... I mean, you can't interpret how someone's going to feel.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Right. However, legal analysts stated that the initial shots that were fired were justified in the state of Minnesota laws for self-defense, but the subsequent shots after the first shots... To the heads of the victims
0: were not justified since the threat had already been removed at that point. Oh, yeah. No, you shoot someone in a leg, they go tumbling down your stairs. Right. You shoot them in the head, that's an execution. You're doing that on purpose. You have a purpose to do that. They're not
1: a threat anymore if they're bleeding on your floor out from their legs. Right. You call the police, you get them taken away, end of story, but he wanted revenge. This was all for revenge. Yeah. Now, Sheriff Wetzel even stated the law doesn't permit you to execute somebody once the threat is gone. But he took that into his own hands and decided to do it because he, again, wanted revenge. Yep. Now, in addition to his home surveillance, Byron recorded six hours of audio on his recorder in his basement. After? Six hours. And I don't know if it's after or before or what, but in total... Six hours he recorded, and this ordeal happened in about 15 to 20 minutes. I want to say, that wasn't long. Right. So six hours he had this recorder going. Oh my goodness, this guy.
0: I mean, for real, you can tell that this was set up. Yeah. He set them up.
1: Completely premeditated. He hit his car and his neighbor's house. He basically
0: baited them. For sure.
1: Yeah. Prior to the break-in, you can hear Byron saying, quote, in the left eye, end quote. And, quote, I realize I don't have an appointment, but I would like to see one of the lawyers here. End quote. So prosecution noticed Haley was shot in the left eye. And his other statement was a realization that he would need an attorney soon. So all of it was premeditated. That that right there is showing that he knows what he's doing. Right. Is not legal.
0: Right. He knew in the eyes of the law it would not be okay, and he can't claim insanity, can he? Who knows, right? Because I, right. I feel like if you're realizing what you did, right, that shows that you're cognizant, right,
1: right, exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yes. Like
0: needing an attorney, like understanding right. that you just fucked up big time.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Now, on April 21st of 2014, Byron's jury trial started in Morrison County. He was represented by Stephen J. Meshbesher and Adam Johnson. Is that from Meshbesher and Spence? Yes. And I wanted to mention that just because we hear the damn commercials on Forever? Time. Yes. Yes. And I was like, oh, my God, that's so funny. But yes, Stephen J. Meshbesher. Now, on April 29th of 2014, so eight days later, Byron Smith was found guilty on two counts of first-degree premeditated murder and two counts of second-degree murder. Good. The jurors deliberated for three
0: hours total. Well, you know, they probably (laughs) needed a lunch break in there. (laughs) Oh, God. They already knew. They They already knew that. Yeah, he's
1: nuts. Went way above the type of force that you should be able to use. That's not just self-defense. No, it was not self-defense. That's annihilation. Yeah. Now, Byron was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Juris stated that the audio recordings were the biggest piece of evidence to convicting Byron of these charges. So the recordings that he did came back to bite him in the ass. It's almost like too good to be true. Right. It's too perfect. (laughs) Byron did put in an appeal to the Minnesota Supreme Court. I'm sure he did. On March 16th of 2016, the Minnesota Supreme Court affirmed Byron's conviction And sentence. They were like, no, you got what you deserved, (laughs) fucker. Exactly. Okay. Now, in November of 2018, Byron's attorneys filed a federal appeal, citing a brief closure of the trial to the public as grounds for his conviction to be set aside, which, if granted, would allow him a new trial. They denied his appeal. Oh, thank God. Now, on November 20th of 2020... Smith's lawyers filed a petition for writ of certiorari. <laughs> what is that? I don't know. Sertoria? I had to look it up. It's a court process to seek judicial review of a decision of a lower court or government agency in the Supreme Court of the United States, and it was denied on March 22nd of 2021.
0: Oh wow, (laughs) that was just days ago. I know. A days ago from us recording.
1: From us recording, it was days ago because today is March 25th, so. Holy F. Yes, I couldn't even believe that we had an update on this case as early as
0: now. I can't believe how little I understood what you just said. (laughs) But I'm totally okay with it. I know. I don't know what I said. It just meant he didn't get out, and I'm fine with that. Oh, no.
1: He will be spending the rest of his life in prison, and as he should. I mean, he used way more than excessive force and executed these kids.
0: Oh, yeah. No, he almost lured them in like someone in war.
1: Oh, my gosh. And to have the recordings, (sighs) fucking bit him in the ass, and I
0: love it. That's where, honestly, sometimes you can just be too thorough. Yeah, I agree. That's over planning.
1: (laughs) I agree. That's
0: why I live my life the way I do. Very little planning. (laughs) It works all good, right? It does. If you are (laughs) mediocre at lots of things, you just can't be fully in trouble. Yeah, there you go. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, that's it. That was our Minnesota this week on That'd Haley come. Kiefer
0: and Nicholas Brady. As soon as you started, I was like, oh, I do remember this one. But I didn't remember all the details. Yeah. I just remembered. Mostly, I remember seeing his picture in the paper. Yeah. And I remember him looking really crazy. Yeah. And scary.
1: Yeah. It's so sad. I My heart goes out for Haley and Nicholas's families. It's oh, such a tragedy at such a young age. They didn't even get to live their life.
0: No, and it's super scary because, like, total side note: my daughter's dad actually did time after, right after his high school graduation, because he had been really caught burglarizing places with friends, yeah. and uh, he ended up having to serve like the entire summer right after graduation. But it's like he would tell me stories about it, and it's like, oh my god, that could have happened to him, like yeah. something like that could have happened, yeah. I don't know if they hit up the same place multiple times, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, how easy would it have been for him to be completely... And you just never know whose house you're going into. No, you don't. You
1: right. don't know who they
0: are. Not unless you're case in the neighborhood or right. something, but I mean, at like 17, 18, are you really doing that? Who knows? Right. Oh, creepy. I
1: know. I, I honestly forgot that this happened in Minnesota because I remember <laughs> this case so yeah. vividly and I was like, oh my gosh. This happened in Minnesota. I
0: completely forgot. I completely forgot about it, period. There's just, there's so much murder running through my head all the time. (laughs) I'm right there with you. Well, we want to thank you guys for tuning in this week. This was a great Minnesota. Thank you so much for sharing. You're welcome. Even if I didn't understand a whole lot (laughs) of the end. (laughs) This is why we should, I don't know, maybe do a little... We should do some like law term research, maybe. We should. We should. Cause I, yeah, I, I stumbled some of them. <laughs> I had not heard of those at all. And I feel like we're pretty good with that stuff. I think so, for the most part. For the most part, I feel like we're pretty good. But those were things I had never really heard of. Yeah, me neither. That one I couldn't even pronounce. And I usually am pretty good about pronouncing <laughs> things. At this point, I'm going to ask you, if you have a couple of minutes, go out there, rate and review us on iTunes. It would be amazing to see some new, fresh notes out there and, you know, give us something to smile about occasionally. Yeah. Tonight, I'm going to read a review on Apple Podcasts by David M. Wine or David M. Ween. I hope I pronounced that right. Yes. This was given to us on March 14th of 2021. And the title says, doesn't cut on quality. Five-star review. Sheer Crime is a terrific podcast hosted by Amy and Kenzie. There's a lot of crime podcasts out there, but these two really set themselves apart with the sheer amount of effort they put into each episode. Um, Love the (laughs) ruse of our name in there. too. So awesome. Thank you. We really appreciate it. You're the best. You are the best. Aside from that, you can follow us on Instagram at sheer underscore crime underscore podcast. You can find us on Twitter at sheer crime pod. Don't forget about our Facebook group, sheer crime podcast discussion group. And of course, if you have any requests, whether they are minisodes or full length episodes, Don't be afraid to send that to our personal inbox, requests at sheercrimepodcast.com. In the meantime, stay safe. We can't wait to hear from you and you will hear from us next week. And remember, never run with scissors. Bye, guys. Bye.